Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall with my guy Robbie Falke to talk some kicks tonight. I'm gonna take it a little take it take it back, if you will. Gonna take it take it back to uh some back to life. Back to reality. Is, is that where you're going with that? That's honestly, yeah. The era that that song came out is probably right on. But before we get into that, um, how you doing, man? How's life going lately? Um, life's not too bad. I know a lot of people have seen this, including yourself. But that that um, that uh, that drawing, I guess, that illustration by. Ree, who has like the which sneakerhead are you taking photos? Oh yeah, has like the ankler, the dancer. I just want to say that when I saw the ankler, I just saw you. Like <laughs> I know that you posted it, that that you felt attacked or something. But before you even posted that, I was like, oh, the Nick stance. No, that's that's definitely me. Uh, yeah, well, if if you haven't seen that. Um... Yeah, we'll throw it. We'll throw it on the count. Tyree's uh, page is is Sneds by Re S N E A D S B Y R E E. But uh, yeah, he's he's been doing some some great cartoons lately, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, "Yep, that's definitely me." I mean, it's it's always weird to see see something you know, see somebody call somebody call something out that you know you do. But yeah, for sure. That's me. The the funny thing about it is like in order to take those pictures, it always takes me like 20 tries, which is why I get frustrated and end up not posting pictures. But um, I'm actually going to try to be better about that in the future. So hopefully, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to post some more kicks. But it's just it's still it's still such a weird time because it's, you know, not not really going outside a whole lot. So I don't know, like I don't put shoes on in the house i don't you know if i'm not leaving the house i don't put shoes on so uh, we don't flex is what, yeah. what you're saying yeah i mean i don't i don't really have a reason to to go dig something crazy out um although moving i've seen a lot more shoes that i haven't seen in quite some time so i'll definitely be posting some some better stuff or, or at least some stuff that people haven't seen for a while soon so uh, um, speaking of what, what, what have you been rocking and what are you looking at copping this week? So I guess I have a real hot take here because I've been wearing some chucks that Converse sent me the past day or so. And 
I understand the nostalgia piece behind them. I still, I don't like wearing them that much, man. I mean, they're cool. I, I like the, like the vibe they give off. Obviously it's like a red pair of Chucks gives off red Chuck vibes, but it has further solidified my stance that I'm a Vans era kind of guy. Like I will just forever wear Vans instead of Converse. I think it was kind of, I guess there aren't two distinct camps there, but maybe there are. But in my mind, like Vans are just better than Converse when it comes to like Chuck Taylor versus slip on slash Vans era tag team. So like 2v1. Um, so I've been wearing those. The the pro leathers, I've been enjoying those more than the Chuck Taylors, which is another old school Converse design. I think that's just more my style. But um, I've, I've been going through Converse experiments on what I've been wearing. All and right. uh, when it comes to copping, I'm really looking forward to the Nike offline. So some people might be familiar with like the old foam posit mules. Um, I think the Jordan 17 had a mule too, right? There's a 17 mule. Yep. yep. Um, so like the mule is a very um, polarizing design choice. But I think with like a casual slipper and kind of the wave Yeezy's been on, I think there's room for the Nike offline to survive. And I just think it's really cool as like a slip on, go walk across the street and get Chipotle type shoe. Those come out 828 and I'm, I'm pretty into them. So we'll have to see. What about you? So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you on the Nike offlines. Those look really dope to me. Um, they remind me of like the, um, I think it's like Suikoke, the Japanese brand. Um, it's, it's like just super chill, which is perfect for right now because I don't, especially when I go take the dog for a walk, like I just want to throw on some slides of some sort. Right. Which is kind of, kind of cool that Nike's doing something like that and kind of bringing back that. Or um, a mule. So like their slides are yeah. one thing, but the mule gives you that little extra heel. Yeah. You know? yeah. So when, when your dog starts going crazy, you know, you can still kind of pick you up. You can run a little bit. Compared yeah. To slides. Yep. Um, yeah. But uh, I think I'm, I'm probably, I'm with you on the, on the, on the Chucks though. So I, I love Chucks. I've probably owned 50 at least over the years, but they're just not that comfortable. So it's hard to wear them when you have other shoes that are more comfortable. I mean, I love the way they look, but at the end of the day, if I'm going to wear a pair of shoes for the day, I want to wear something that I, you know, am, am most comfortable in for the most part. And Pro leathers kind of up there too. Like that's a that's a really dope shoe. I think super underrated. And I don't know about the pair that you got, but every time I've gotten a pair of pro leathers, I've always been impressed with the the leather quality that they use, which is something that I can't say about too many shoes, especially for the price when you you can find them on discount at a lot of places right now. So, I had the same thought. I was like, man, these are buttery. Yeah, uh, yeah, they really are. But it, um, it, I mean, I just got to finish up that thought. The Vans vulcanized rubber is is undefeated. Like whatever they put in those rubber outsoles, like they're not the best. They're literally just like an inch and a quarter of rubber. But God damn it, they work. Yep, definitely. Um, so what what did I rock? To? So today I actually uh, wore the Air Jordan Three, the white cement. Uh, 
from 88. What, what was it? The 80, I forget the, the 88, uh, the one yeah. from 2013. Yeah. The official, I forget the official name, but um, again, this is like uh, in the midst of moving. And I was like, wow, like this is where these are at. <laughs> I mean, that sounds so bad, but like, that's the truth. I've just, I haven't had the space to really like get to a lot of the shoes that I have and, and have wanted to wear. So that, that was pretty nice. Um, and uh, as far as what I'm looking at, I mean, I'm really just excited to see that the the Nike Air Raids are coming back. I have a few pairs of those over the years. Um, and, you know, I just think it's a classic colorway, classic shoe. And for me, it was always just one of those shoes that I thought was so important because at the time I was the, the kid that was buying them and, and, you know, playing on the blacktop every day. So that whole for outdoor use only type thing is just super nostalgic for me. So that's that's what's on my radar um, that I'm looking forward to. It's a great shoe, man. And so many shoes are inspired by the Air Raid. I'm, I'm pretty sure we could do a whole episode of just like Air Raid lineage. Yeah, yeah, that that would be that's we should actually look into that. That'd be interesting. That's crazy. Um, it's just. Yeah, I'm just thinking I can name I mean, like four different shoes that are just derivative. Yeah. And and I think too, like having the it's kind of cool that, you know, the the energy that, you know, Jerry Lorenzo Jerry Lorenzo doing that with Fear of God and, and doing the, the air raid kind of inspiration on on his shoes over the last couple of years. I I, I love seeing companies give you know, creative people the chance to do that because there's such an opportunity for them to like learn for the younger generation to learn something that they might not have known. And now you've probably got a whole group of people that are paying attention to this retro air raid release because of the air raid inspired joints from, from fear of God. So to I'm me, so that's really cool. You brought that up because you have the Jordan eight, which I'm like the one person of the three of us that likes the Jordan eight, but so you have the Jordan eight in 93. I think the air raid came out in 93. I want to say it was 93 or 92. Yeah, I think, I think 92. 92, um, 93, then yeah. One of our main topics today, the Charles Barkley also has that same kind of flavor with like the, you know, the Air Force Max. So just a, a lot of, a lot of vibes with that double strap. I think it's, yeah. it's one of the most, it's one of the most quintessential Nike aesthetics that we don't think about very often. Yeah, double. for sure. For sure. And and I think like there's, you know, there's so much, there's so much around the marketing for it too that gets overlooked because of the shoes like Barkley, Barkley's, because of the Chris Webbers, because of all the other players, and like the Air Raid was like, it was in the midst of you know, I mean just think like the Jordan it comes out in '92, the Jordan Seven is out, like the Jordan Eight is on the way. There's a lot of great shoes in '92 and '93 that you know, it had very little chance to, to really like bubble up to be something that caught on, on a, in a major way. But then, you know, between Spike Lee and Tim Hardaway and, you know, just the, the marketing prowess of, of Nike and Wyden and Kennedy, you have a shoe that like probably shouldn't have, because, you know, I don't know that it, it was outdoor use for outdoor use only supposedly, but it wasn't, it wasn't like crazy durable. There were definitely other shoes on the market that were more durable. 
And all of those shoes, Air Raid included, were just really, really heavy shoes. But the Air Raid just stood out because it was so different than anything else that you were seeing at the time, because especially when the straps were contrasting, right? Like, you know, there were certain colorways, like when I was a kid, I had a, had an all, basically an all black colorway with like purple accents. And I've never seen anybody else post about those, but it's one of those rare colorways that ended up going on sale. And, you know, I was able to, to get a pair and it ha- it didn't have the contrasting straps, which as a kid, I was bummed because I just wanted to have the straps that stood out because it, ma- it was that much more noticeable. Right. But it was super, you know, just a, a whole, like you said, it was just a, a whole, a whole vibe at the time. Right. It like really changed the direction for a lot of shoes, I think, and a lot of thought process for the designers to think, oh, we could throw, you know, this to this on there to, to, you know, to throw something different on the like Jordan eight. Right. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully I can grab a pair. I hope, you know, I hope even talking about like, you know, the Barclays in the, you know, talking about the Barclays later in the episode, I really hope that this stuff sells well because then it opens up more opportunities for the retro stuff to, to be re-released. But I also don't want it to sell out so I can get my hands on a pair. (laughs) So, so you want Nike to sell shoes, but you don't want them to sell shoes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just like kind of like the last thought as we segue away from the air raid, it just set itself up to be a cult, fav- a cult favorite, like that, the, the air turbine the zoom turbine, you know, what I'm talking about air zoom flight yeah. turbine. That's another shoe like that. It just came out in a weird time. It's a great shoe, but just. There's only so many shoes in the world at a time that can be handled at a time. I feel like, yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, I guess speaking of shoes that like can be handled or like stock and controlling stock. Um, actually, before I go into that, don't we have a review we can read off? Do we yeah, we got a we got a new one. Let's 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 do that. Um, let's, so let's give praise. Yeah. So as we try to do when we get new reviews, read them on on the episodes for you guys to hear what people are saying. Um, It's really just the best way for people to, you know, discover us. If you have time to leave us a review on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, it it helps us expand the audience and grow the community here around the podcast. And we absolutely would appreciate it if you do. So today's review comes from Daggy313. He uh, gave us a five-star review, said, Hidden Gem, honestly, the most recent episode, especially when you guys talked about how sneaker culture has gotten to just essentially be a gamble slash lottery, et cetera, really hit home. I haven't been heavy into shoes since like 2016, but this podcast kind of rekindled my love for kicks. Y'all are the best. Keep it up. Uh, Thanks for the review, Daggy313. Sorry if we cost you uh, expenditures in the sneaker department, but... uh, Welcome back to uh, the addiction, I guess. (laughs) I feel like everybody just wants somebody else to feel their pain when not. (laughs) Yeah. Like we just want validation that it hurts. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think that applies to things in life. For sure. Yeah. It's funny too, because, you know, just recently somebody posted in the discord about, you know, taking L's on the sneakers app and, uh, so if you don't know, we have a Patreon page. If you sign up for the Patreon, a uh, few different tiers, but starts at five bucks a month, 
gets you access to the discord group. Um, and somebody was just saying, asking who else, who else took an L on sneakers. And it is, it's like, we just, we all kind of just want to know that we're not the only ones going through the struggle. Right. But, uh, still all good. I still love this stuff. It. I mean, I, I feel like an old man when I try to use discord, I'm like, uh, so many side columns. I'm, I'm lost, but I will find that thread and I will comment because um, we had a pretty good conversation in the group chat about frustration. So I'll I'll put that in the Discord once I could find out where it is. I'm so bad, man. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be that dad where it's just like ah, oh, remote push buttons. <laughs> hey, you just got to set up all the like all the all the smart smart appliances and smart lights and all that stuff so you can just do everything by voice and just say Siri take care of all my stuff for me and the whole house shuts down. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm always afraid that it's going to end up like Smart House from uh that Disney original movie from like yeah. 2001 who I totally had a crush on that mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah but um all right we, we digress so i was gonna talk about reebok and about controlling stock and what shoes are out there so we we have a little program here called the reebok vote so what it does it's called like the first pitch and what it what it does is it allows consumers to choose if a shoe gets made or not and the caveat to that is that there has to be 500 people that want the shoe for it to get made. So they don't make any more, they don't make any less. They're gonna have a 500 shoe run of whatever shoe it might be. For example, we have a really cool uh, Club C that is vote inspired, you know, playing both into the upcoming election and the fact that you can vote for the shoe, but um, just really clean. But what's a real kind of turn up to the premise is the fact that if you get in and vote early and the shoe gets made, you benefit from it. So if you're the first person to vote for the shoe, you get to buy the shoe for $1. If you're the fifth person, you get to buy it for $5, etc, etc. So 89th person pays $89, the 90th pays 90. And then everybody after 90 pays retail. So it incentivizes people getting in early, unlike some other sneaker apps where you can get in there the second it hits seven o'clock and you still don't get, <laughs> you don't get any kind of benefit from it. So at least here, if you're super fast, you get a monetary benefit from it. And if you help spread the word, you get the benefit of helping a shoe be made. So I mean, there's just levels to this. I think it's all just really clever marketing. Um, I think it's cool how it controls stock. So you'll always know if you see somebody out in the streets with this Reebok Club C on, you can say, oh, those are one of 500 and have a whole conversation because that person had to have contributed to the process. So then it's a conversation piece too. So I can go on and on. I just think it's a really cool uh, release concept. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you. I think that on top of it just being like a great marketing thing and you know, the excitement of potentially getting a shoe for a dollar or whatever that is. I think it's really cool in terms of production. Like we talked about before we started recording where you brought up, you know, limiting the number of shoes to 500. 
it means that you're not going to have a bunch of excess shoes. And that's super important, both in a sense of, you know, driving kind of the, the demand for the shoe, the hype in the marketplace, but also like right now brands are struggling to, to make ends meet in a sense, you know, because of COVID and all the other things that are affecting businesses right now. So I think this, Oh, this whole thing just it's just like a win on so many different levels that you know i hope i really hope that it's successful i hope that you know they're able to produce a bunch of different shoes and people you know get excited about it i hope people you know i don't know if they're still if they're still submitting um if you can still submit your entries but i just i just think it's just a great idea all around and um, props to reebok for for this one i'm excited to see how it plays out so it starts August 20th, the, the club seat. So um, by the time this episode's recording, you should be able to pop in there and still get a vote in. Just um, search Reebok first pitch and you'll be able to get to where you need to go. Um, the first one was a beekeeper shoe and I believe that one got made and that was super sick. Um, yeah, it's firstpitch.reebok.com. So check it out, have fun. And let's see what happens. I could be giving wrong information. Maybe it's only on the 20th or was only on the 20th. I'll do more research here. Um, no, I, th I think it's going to continue on. Um, and we'll throw the link in the description of this episode so you guys can check it out. Because it's definitely, even, even if even if you miss out on actually oh, buying the shoes. I can, tell, I, I can just tell you right now because I just, I just went to the website. Yep. So all of them sold. So um, 500 of 500 were made. And this was recorded on the 21st. So in one day, it happened. So that's really cool. Yeah. So I'm hoping that they continue on and do more designs, let other people get creative and throw their designs out there. And, and you know, so, I mean, how cool would it be to be able to, to, you know, kind of remake your own version of whatever classic Reebok that you like and have your friends have a shot at buying them? Like, that'd I'm be super dope. not going to lie to you, Nick. These are super clean and I'm kind of salty. <laughs> I, I saved this topic until we recorded and didn't really take too much of a look into it. But damn, these are sick. Like, <laughs> um, they did a Tom and Jerry Club C a couple months ago. And I think those are really cool too. So I think this the Club C is kind of like the, you know, the the pro leather for Converse. Just a really clean, low top leather shoe. Yeah, most definitely. Most Can't definitely. Yeah. So before we dive into our main topic here, are there any other little sub things we want to talk about? I wanted to bring up Kobe really quick, but anything on your mind? I mean, I was thinking Kobe too. Obviously, you know, we're recording this just before uh, the heartbreak of yeah. not getting any shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, we've circumvented all of the. Uh, all of the L's that are, that are destined for us and, and found a way to at least get a pair. I mean, there's so many of them releasing there. That's my biggest hope. But if not, I hope people out there that are listening actually get pairs that they want to get their hands on. I don't want to toot my own horn over here, but I'm a huge Kobe fan. So if I don't get that shoe and you get that shoe and sell it for 500 bucks, I'm going to haunt you. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to take some weird drugs that turns me into a ghost and I'm going to find out where you live and I'm going to haunt you in your sleep. Um, Cause like you said, there's tons. I think there's, so there's three through Nike and then there's a two pack of undefeated. 
So that's five pairs in like four days. So if I go O for five, I'm a B. I'm a B. I'm a B. I'm a I'm a I'm a B. Like black eyed peas. I'm a disappear yeah. <laughs> with anger. Yeah. Um, but you know, we were saying before we were recording, we were recording. We don't particularly love any of them, but I just I need them. It's just like it's a it's a back and forth I've been going through internally since he passed. Um, like I want to buy more Kobe shoes. I want to acquire more Kobe shoes, but owning more Kobe stuff isn't going to make him come back. It's not going to make me love him more. It's like not going to change any real feelings, even though like, I think a lot of people will buy having to like, look that fulfilled, like have that feeling fulfilled of like being closer to him. And that's totally cool. I'm looking for that also, but it's like, I don't need to have every Kobe shoe to be closer to his legacy. I have like 40 pairs back there already. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, just, I think that's the thing is like, for me, like really the, the one that stands out is the big stage. I think the rest of them are pretty dope. The EYBL is really like a dope colorway, but I, I just feel kind of weird about it. I feel like it's, it sucks too, because I, I I'm in the same boat. Like I'm obviously not as big a fan of as you are, but I'm just like kind of bummed that we're back to this point of like, you know, it was great that, that Kobe, that Nike took Kobe's off the site, you know, everything sold out. And then it's like, okay, let's let this calm down for a minute. So people aren't just flipping everything. But at the same time, we're back to this kind of normal of, oh, just let people flip whatever, you know, with, with the Kobe stuff. And I don't know, that's just, that's just kind of shitty in a sense, you know, like there's, there's like real fans out there that want to get their hands on stuff and I don't think because they haven't invested in bots and don't have a plug that they should have to pay $500 for a pair of Kobe's when, you know, they're just fans, right? Especially the kids, right? That's the stuff that drives me crazy. But anyway. that's why I love you for selling me those pro tro ones for retail. Like that's, that's real friends right there. Um, but like, to your point, there's no way to win. I mean, you either, let them drop right away and people will flip them because you just died or you sit on them and then drop and people are going to flip them because there's been a hiatus. So yeah. it's like, it's you true can't, true. and that's just what's broken about sneakers. Like, I feel like there's few, there's fewer and fewer collectors and just more and more entrepreneurs. I'll be nice about it. Entrepreneurs. Um, Cause I sell shoes too. It's not like I'm any better or worse than anybody else, but like, I don't seek, shoes to like rip people off unless they're like those sb you know grateful dead i will happily rip somebody <laughs> off. Play the i game mean players. i think that's the thing too right i, I mean I, you can't really knock people for for selling things if people are willing to pay for it right like other people you know not myself but other people have lots of money to spend on things apparently so you know and at the end of the day you know, I, it sounds cheesy, but like, it's just sneakers, you know? I mean, at, at the end of the day, we're not going to, you know, live or die based on getting these shoes. And I think that's the thing that I wish, at least for certain things like these Kobe's would be in the back of people's minds that are trying to to make a couple hundred bucks off of them and stuff. Cause it's like, just let the people have them that really want them and, 
we can move on. But I also, I respect the hustle. I, I totally understand how it works. The whole market de- determines the price of them. Even if, you know, if StockX and Goat and eBay all say, look, you can't resell Kobe products on our site, they would just go to Facebook groups. They would just go to Twitter. They would go to Craigslist. They would go to Instagram. Like it's going to happen regardless because there's demand out there. So it is what it is in a sense. It is what it is. Um, Dan, we just quoted the president of the United States. <laughs> he said that last week. He's like, it is what it is. I'm like, bro, you're the president. Shut up. Um, pretty, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of uh, smarter and less evil people that have said that prior. So yeah, we'll, no, we'll, we'll say we're quoting somebody else. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Um, I mean, like the big stage pro tros, those are going to go. Those are display pieces. Like, I think those are two. Not to be mean, but I think they're too corny to wear like on a Wednesday afternoon for me. But those are going to be shrined and immortalized in the collection. And I mean, that's there's collectors of everything, right? Like Seth Burke, like he doesn't wear those 90 year old shoes he has, but uh, he, just, <laughs> he enjoys collecting them. And that's awesome. I have shoes in there where like I don't plan on particularly wearing them, but just they mean a lot to me and the nostalgia and the history, you know reason xyz so yep. the big stages are definitely just a, a collection piece for me wow. now our main topic i don't think i don't think there's that many people out here collecting barclays i guess maybe outside of like seth and alex like i can't think of like many other people <laughs> who are just like well there's definitely people out there but like it's it's a line that doesn't get the love. And I, I started out my Barkley piece with that. It's like, when you think of Nike basketball, you think of Pippen, Jordan, you know, Kobe, LeBron, Penny. And that's where typically the conversation stops unless you're having a deep conversation, right? There's so many other shoes like the Air Raid. That wasn't a signature shoe, but it was basically the Tim Hardaway before the Air Bacon, you know? So it's like... There's so many shoes and Barkley played that role too. He had a lot of Nike shoes that didn't have his Barkley branding that he was synonymous with in the late eighties and early nineties until he got his own line. But you know, and, and, and the litany of Nike basketball shoes, Barkley's don't get nearly the love, especially in 2020 that they should. I would agree. I mean, I think just, just that, you know, just what you said, it's all the like pre Barkley, you know, before it really had his name on it even, or his number attached to it. Like the air force One Eighty is clearly a shoe that we all associate with, with Barkley, but it didn't have his name connected to it. So like from a technical standpoint, it's not a part of his signature line, but who else do you associate wearing that shoe? Like nobody. Right. So I think it, it is like, just like the air raid and Tim Hardaway, right. It's, you know, there's just so many shoes in that lineup that it, it, it is really weird. And I, and I, I think maybe to the point of less collectors compared to other signature athletes, maybe it's because he, because the shoes are bigger and bulkier than most shoes. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's kind of my only guess that, you know, cause the other crazy part is that, that Bar- Charles is still on TV. We're seeing him regularly. We know, we know where he is like 
there's at least some relevancy for him compared to a lot of athletes where, you know, unless you're a basketball, like a really big basketball fan, you're not seeing Penny Hardaway at all. Right. You know, yeah, he's coaching Memphis, but like, you're not seeing him regularly the way you might see Michael Jordan and, you know, in the tabloids or TMZ or the last dance, you're not, you're not seeing, you know, a lot of these guys, the way you're seeing Barkley or even Chris Weber, right? Like Reggie those, Miller. Yeah. Reggie Miller. Like it's just really interesting, but I don't know, like just right off the top, what do you think your what's your favorite Barkley? The one that's coming out or has already come out this month. But that's so cool you said that because I never really clicked in my brain until you brought that point up. Barkley is in front of our eyes twice a week at least if he's not on some other talk radio show. Like Barkley is more prevalent than Michael Jordan. Yeah. In terms of it's like every day there's a YouTube video with Charles Barkley with like a clip from yesterday. Like there's always something with Barkley and – it must be the size because, you know, the Air Max 2 CV, you can put the 94 at the end if you want to. Like that shoe is definitely a big hunker. Like that's not a light shoe, but it's my favorite because it's, I think, the most the most innately Barkley shoe outside of the Godzillas. It's like those two, when you look at them, they don't have to have any CV branding. They do, but like... They just look like a Charles Barkley shoe when you think of how he actually played, being the round mound of rebound. Uh, just those are those are probably my two. We'll go through each of his signature shoes here in a row, kind of starting with the first ones. But um, I'll get your favorite as we go through. But Sounds it's just good. crazy to think about. We really do. We see Barkley every damn day. Just about. Yeah. Yep. I mean, He's so good, man. I mean, like, so a lot of people hate on Charles Barkley for whatever you want to hate on him on. I think so not to keep talking about Donald Trump, but like a lot of people wanted to bring him into power because he's like he's off kilter. He's his own kind of brand. I think Charles Barkley is when is that type of packaging when it works well. He's going to rub some people the wrong way. But at his fundamental core, Charles is a good dude. And I think that's where the real big gap lies between those two people <laughs> fundamentally yeah, Charles sure. is a good dude but it's like not everybody's gonna like how charles talks not everybody's gonna like the messaging he delivers because he'll just say stuff and it sounds wrong sometimes he's like this is how i feel and it is what it is i'm charles barkley um yeah. and and i love that that's what made him so popular when he sold shoes that's what made him the face of endless nike commercials in the 90s like He's out there, but at the end of the day, he's a good basketball player and a good dude. Well, and I think that that's like what stands out to me in, in all of his stuff is the, you know, the ads, right? The, the, I mean, the Godzilla ads were amazing, but like, it's the, I'm not a role model ads. And like you said, it fits him perfectly, right? Because he is going to just say some stuff and it's not going to be politically correct it might not even be said correctly with him. Sometimes he just gets excited and he's just saying stuff that doesn't make any sense. But then, you know, like you understand where he's coming from, right? Like he's just passionate about it. And it, it's like you said, it is who he is. And he's trying to just be himself. And that's in itself is admirable. And I think that's like the really interesting thing about, 
you know, his whole line of sneakers. I think that, you know, as we get into going through them, there's a, there's a big difference between all the shoes, the same way that there was a big difference between, you know, all of the Jordan shoes, the, the original run through. Right. And that to me is really kind of crazy to think there's, there's only a handful of people that are going to ever be able to say that. And, you know, Kevin Durant can't say that Kobe Bryant's line, line can't say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it was just different times and, and yeah, it's just, it's just wild. Like looking at him. I mean, so, but so let's just get it rolling then. So, I mean, we'll skip the Delta forces and you know, all that like 80 stuff. Um, I'm going to start with 92, the air force 180. I know that's not his signature shoe, but it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> so let's call it what it is. Um, be it the Olympic colorway or the Phoenix Suns, just the Air Force 180. I actually have the Phoenix Suns, like the black, orange, and purple pair. Um, Barkley with, I mean, he should have, he said this himself. He should have left Philadelphia earlier. Like he should have been in Phoenix two seasons earlier. Yeah. And uh, this, the Air Force 180, I think is just before all the injuries really started to hit. And he was still playing well through the injuries into the 90s. But just Air Force 180 Charles Barkley, Dream Team Charles Barkley, is what every atypical forward nowadays wishes they could be. And just an anomaly, man. Like, who's six foot six? I think six seven on a good day. Like, Charles Barkley is not a, not a tall NBA player. But... There's not that many six, seven dudes who are getting you 15 rebounds. Like it's just the stuff that Barkley could do through his, this tenacity, this through his willpower. And I think the air force one eighties, when people really started to see like, all right, Barkley's not just some chubby dude from Philly. He's like this powerful, like all world beast that Angola could not handle. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, this is, this is definitely up there for me. I mean, as we said, not wouldn't technically be considered a signature shoe, but absolutely 100% is. Um, and yeah, you can't, I mean, we could obviously get into a whole conversation about the dream team. So I'm going to just leave it at that. This is definitely one of the best shoes in his lineup, especially that USA colorway, you know, the, the speckle, the, the fade, I mean, it's just iconic memories for anybody that was alive and paying attention to basketball during that era. I don't know who Angola is, but Angola's in trouble. Like I love <laughs> I love Charles Barkley. All right. So then the first shoe that was officially Charles Barkley's is the Air Force Max C B. So there's an Air Force Max um, that isn't C B branded. Um, that's like that ninety two, ninety three strap shoe kind of vibe we were talking about in the beginning of the episode but that's the that's the phoenix shoe that started it like that shoe is so like it's the teeth so i'll just start there so like the teeth and the forefoot of the shoe that's going to carry over throughout the barkley line but i think the first time i saw those teeth and the strap and then the the 180 heel unit I was like, damn, dude, those are just like literally a workhorse bruiser shoe. I have um, a pair of Air Force 180s, like the Galaxy ones from 2013. And I have a really, I have a really cruddy other pair, but um, I don't have any of the CB branded. 
And it's, I, I liked how they would treat Charles Barkley stuff as an offshoot of just Air Max. Like they did that with LeBron for a bit. It was just like Air Max LeBron, Air Zoom LeBron, like really pushing into the tech. And they just kind of took what the flavor of the decade was, you know, Air Max and mixed it with Charles and you got a beautiful shoe. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that's the thing too. Like you think back to that era, the Air Force Max was also the Fab Five shoe, right? Like that's the shoe that most people saw the Fab Five wear with black socks for the first time. So you have all this like, again, like kind of the same vibe as the Air Raid. You have all these things culturally going on to distract you from, you know, this this whole lineup of Barclays basically. And then I, I just thought it was super dope that you could see the similarities between the Air Force Max. Then you could see the difference with the, the CB branding, right? The crossfoot strap and back, the logo on the heels, all those things where you're just like, you kind of, you kind of get the choice of like, I want to wear this shoe because I'm a Fab Five fan or, you know, every other player in the league that wore the Air Force Max back then but then also you can't really look at those shoes outside of the black colorway like i wouldn't look at that air force max you know without thinking about charles barkley so mm-hmm. it's really like a, a a power move in a sense to to have it be so closely related to the whole line of what's going on at nike at the time which is really interesting i mean we could even get into a whole episode on that you know as you brought up the lebron stuff the tech and the and the, the similarities that go cross shoes throughout the years, that, that's a really interesting thing. And, and maybe that plays into why, you know, Charles's stuff didn't stand out quite as much or didn't get the, you know, the collectability that a lot of the other players might have had. I think that could be both a knock against and a pro of like early 90s Nike basketball. It, they were so just from what you said about the Air Force um, Air, Air Force Max. So it's like you take that, you flip the strap and put an Air Raid strap on it, put Barkley branding, and you have the Air Force Max CB. That's a super oversimplification of it. But so many of those shoes, it's just like the the tooling plus a different upper or an upper plus a different strap, you know? Yep. So it's a it's a pro and a con, but it's just, just it's very, um, very fitting for the time. So... The next one here, the Air Squared CB94, that's the one that dropped this month. There's been some like back and forth about if it's dropped or not. It has. Um, it showed up at Finish Line, showed up at Foot Locker. It's an inline release. You just don't see very many of those anymore. Like inline just means it's going to show up when it shows up throughout a window. So the window's this August. So you'll just see that shoe throughout August. It'll probably show up on Nike.com at some point, but I think that's cool. That's like old school style where you're just like going into a store in the nineties, but the equivalent is just like going to a website in 2020 searching shoes. And it's like, Oh, they have these in stock. I'm going to buy these Barclays. So I think that's really cool. But, uh, you know, the air force, um, the air max Two CB 94, um, originally dropped without the 94 branding on it. Um, it's a part of the Air Squared line, which was pretty controversial back in 94. 
because Nike used the Revolution Beatles song for the commercial. It was the Air Max 2, the Air Max 2, the Air Trainer Squared, and then the um, Air Squared CB94 all in that commercial. And that got some heat. But um, yeah, it's my favorite of all the Barclays. It has the um, straight, jacket, straight jacket-like straps. That's a tongue twister. Um, you know, the big old teeth on it, another 180 air unit. I think it's the most typical or, you know, quintessential Barclays shoe to ever release. And it's just super sick. <laughs> yeah, 100% agree. This, this is definitely... Um, I mean, I, I like the CB, uh, the, you know, the CB34 that we'll get to, but I think the the visual, the kind of like ventilation, you know, dots on the side, the like the the lockdown straps across the uh, the lacing, black and white and purple. I mean, this is this is like if somebody asked me about Barclay shoes, this is the shoe that I think of. Exactly, and. In the article I wrote, um, Tinker was saying they didn't want it to be uncharacteristically smooth. That's why you don't see any real like smooth lines on the bark on the um, Air Max Two CB because Barkley wasn't smooth. I mean, he was rugged. Um, and there's a quote Barkley gave, and I think it's just the most Barkley shit ever. Um, he said, "Oh, where'd it go? Trying to find it." Oh man, I'm messing up. That's all good. No, so he said, um, I don't tell you how to design shoes. You don't tell me how to play basketball. So like (laughs) he didn't want to give input. Like Kobe enjoyed giving input on his shoes. He wanted it to fit like a boxing boot. He wanted it to fit like a soccer shoe, whatever. Barkley's just like, bro, make me a shoe that's not going to burst. And I'm going to go play basketball in it. So yeah, yeah. That's tight. So, I mean, but like you just said, the next shoe to release in 1995, the Air Max CB34, um, you know, the last shoe and this are probably the two most popular Barclays. Um, This one had like those, I don't know if you want to call it like saber tooth teeth. That's what I always like draw the, you know, draw the similarity to. But it had those like kind of gashes across the forefoot. Um, just super cool, man. I mean, the gray colorway, the white, black, I don't care which one it is. I like the tongue logo, but it's just the full length Air Max and this, the, the claw marks. You go ahead and try to describe it, but this so cool. It's just such a cool 90 shoe. I mean, I think, I think the saber tooth, like that's like the best analogy I've seen. It's just. It's just like super aggressive, right? I mean, that's, it's just Barkley, right? It's just like, I don't know, like, how do you describe it? Uh, Like you had to watch Charles Barkley play. If you want to know what that shoe looks like, go watch Charles Barkley play in like 94 for the Suns, you know, 93, 94 with the Suns. Like just that's, that's how I, that's how I like, I don't know. You just got to see it. You just got to watch it. You, you got to see it to believe it. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of like forgettable Barclays out there. There's like the CB42, the CB41, um, just like the Rocket stuff pretty much, which 
isn't good. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Like the rocket stuff is not good. <laughs> it's kind of like what they did with Penny and Griffey towards the end. It's like once you start going to like five and six, it's just, it's too much. But like the last really great Barkley shoe, we've alluded to it a couple of times, the Godzillas, um, they're just, they're not pods and they're not teeth. I mean, maybe they're molars. I don't, I don't know how to describe like the tooling on the Godzilla, but it's just such a cool shoe. And there's the Godzilla Barkley ads, right? I believe there was like Godzilla, like Barkley advertising yep. commercials, bunch of magazine ads. Yeah. But it's just like, that's like fat old Charles and it's just fun. <laughs> He's kind of hurt a lot. Um, <laughs> trying to win a championship. Kept getting beat by Hakeem. I'm really kind of laying on Charles right now. But it's just like, this is like the last hurrah for Charles, both being super great and having super great shoes. Well, and I think I would agree. I think the other thing that, that you know, affects that at the time, you know, the CB4 came out in 90. 6 97 the cb42 97 98 i don't i might be off a year on those but that era like you know like you said playing for the rockets and in the sneaker world you got the jordan 11 man like you got the whole story of you know mj and the bulls in the 72 and 10 season there's so many things that just overshadow these shoes, I don't think the shoes themselves were bad. I think that the shoes didn't get the love because Charles wasn't playing, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't going to go to the finals. And, you know, even if he did, you had Jordan 11s on the other side in terms of sneakers that would have totally distracted from any of the shoes that Charles would have been wearing. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's really interesting too, because the early shoes you know, this is that first era of like almost full length air units, right? And you're, you're, there's a big transition that happens with Nike basketball on the big man shoes that there's, I feel like the shoes went a little more big man. And then just personal preference, the first air CB4, in my opinion, was never going to never going to be successful because the branding on it was terrible like cb4 across the side and two small swooshes right next to each other it just didn't make sense right it's like leave one off the toe maybe move that cb4 to the midsole and then you get to see the shoe without the 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 distraction of the branding but that's that's all just a personal aesthetic preference for me yeah i mean you're so right. I feel like they're just mailing it in at that point. It's like, all right, let's just put some numbers on the side. Um, waves are in now. Let's put some like wavy uppers. All right. We got a new Barky signature. So, yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, then in the 2000s, um, they brought back stuff like the Barkley Posit Max, which actually had like Barkley branding on the tongue. Mm -hmm. And then there was just a Barkley Posit from like 2004. 14 or 15 was that um, the chuck posit yeah the chuck posit yeah um, i mean there, there's a couple of them right they're just like mixing foam posit and charles barkley air maxes and 
hoping it's stuck. But I mean, the the, the Barkley Posit Max, there's a Galaxy one of those, which were pretty cool. Like the first run of that shoe was actually kind of fire. That was like 2012. Um, those were successful, I would say. But then like this, the Barkley Posit that doesn't have visible Max, those are just atrocious. That's a bad shoe. Well, and but, I think it's really interesting what they were trying to do because if foam posit material was out when, you know, in let's say 1992, Barkley would be absolutely the face of everything posit. So yeah. I get what they were trying to do. I just don't think that, I don't think that the visual, you know, connections to the, to the lineage of the Barkley line was strong enough. And there was only like, you know, like you said, the one maybe Galaxy release that, that was hyped enough to get people's attention. The rest of them kind of just fell short, kind of like the last few of his signature shoes in, you know, the mid-90s. So I no longer give advice to people who are like, hey, should I buy this shoe for resale? I told somebody to buy those Barkley Posit Maxes, the, the, the Ray Gun pair. And <laughs> I mean, they were worth something like 200 bucks over. 300 max like that first year they released and now they're just bricks and i know he still has them so mason i'm sorry <laughs> for for recommending you buy those shoes to flip <laughs> my bad but um it's just interesting because like charles doesn't wear like he doesn't do a lot of nike stuff now and they're still releasing shoes with him you know he's still cashing checks because they're still calling Unlike Chris Weber stuff and Jason Kidd stuff, like they're still calling his shoes Barclays. Like they haven't changed the names of them. So yeah. that means they're still an affiliation. And I just think it's cool how it's like super low key. Like they could very well try to have Charles wear Nikes on inside the NBA every Tuesday and Thursday, but he doesn't. And I think that's just, it's Barkley, man. He, do, he doesn't wear, he doesn't wear like Nikes to work and he's not on social media and he's not in video games like well and, and if he does wear nikes he's wearing all white air force ones right like that's yeah. basically what he's he's basically just reverted to all air force ones at this point it seems like yeah that's just yeah that's uh that's it's just it's just barkley's just he's his own beast man and i hope he never changes uh don't ever get dementia like i love <laughs> i love Carl. so my my question as we get out of here, do you think anyone else has an, a more underappreciated signature line in terms of longevity, the amount of success that they had, you know, the amount of commercials and, and awareness that people had around it? Has anybody else even come close to this or Barkley just kind of out on his own? It's kind of funny because like the, the shoes almost fit his personality in that sense, too, where it's just like. Everybody knows Barkley, but yeah, we just, we love him from a distance. I love him up close too. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I love it. Yeah, it's, 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 he is, he's definitely one of the most entertaining people in the sports world, in my opinion, but. He's like a woman that's going to get you in trouble. You know, you shouldn't be around him, but <laughs> you can't help yourself. <laughs> Oh man. So, um, let us know what you think of the Barkley line. I, I think, um, definitely check out Robbie's piece on sneaker history. We'll link it in the description. 
he does a great job of going back through some of those old commercials that we talked about uh, in this episode. And um, it was it was a fun, fun read, fun, fun to watch those for me, too, because I kind of forgot about one of them, which um, and, and just thinking about like the whole drama around uh, the revolution and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good times. It's it's quintessential Charles Barkley, in my opinion. So definitely check that out. As always, we appreciate you guys rocking with us, spending an hour of your week with us. Um, as always, you can find me at Nick Ingvall on all platforms. More importantly, just follow at Sneaker History. And Robbie, let them know how they can find you. You can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. Right on. We'll catch you all next time. Peace. Take it easy. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as five bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.